I'd like to share with you a message entitled, Saved by God's Promise. God has made a promise with the people of the earth, an unconditional promise, or you could call it a testament. And God's side is his covenant or promise of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of redemption, of sanctification, and finally, of eternal life. Man's side is to simply believe that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the redeeming sacrifice for man's sins. Man sins against a holy God. Man ratifies or confirms this covenant so simply by just receiving Christ as our Redeemer and King. I'd like to read you the text for this message from 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 13. It's the story of David. He's now well-established and secure as king over Israel. All his enemies have perished. And this is what it says. David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is at the house of Machir, son of Emiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Emiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honour. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops, so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. So I've called this story Saved by God's Promise. In the first part from verses 9, chapter 9 rather, 1 through 4 of 2 Samuel, I've called The Promises Enacted. Now, 
we didn't realise by listening to uh, that tale from Second Samuel about the uh, mutual vow that David had made with Jonathan. We find that back in 1 Samuel chapter 20. Uh, I'll read verses uh, 14 to 17. Jonathan's talking. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. Not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan and David reaffirmed their oath, his oath, out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. What a beautiful story. So the covenant was made years before between David and Jonathan. Most likely uh, when uh, Mephibosheth was quite a young child, even a baby. And now the account says that David's seeking someone to bless according to the agreement, according to the promise, according to the covenant. And Saul's servant Ziba identifies one Mephibosheth. He was the son of Jonathan. He was raised at the beginning of his life in the palace. Uh, but there's an account in 2 Samuel 4, verse 4, uh, when Abner, the ruler of the armor, the army rather, the, the head man in Israel, um, was assassinated by one of David's men, um, there was panic at the palace. And the nurse grabbed Mephibosheth and dropped him, causing him to be lame in both feet. And off then he went in hiding, in exile, to this place uh, in Lodabar at the house of Machir, son of Amiel. He was raised in the palace, became an exile, crippled in both feet, and he's living in a town called Lodabar, which in the original language, the original language means nothing. He was living at a place called nothing. He didn't know about the covenant that David had made with his father, Jonathan. Our Father in Heaven offers all of us a new promise or a new covenant or a new testament which he has established through his son Jesus. You'll all remember John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the covenant. That's the promise. That's the vow. That's the New Testament right there. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the promise again. And when John was finishing his gospel in chapter 20, verse 31 of John's gospel, he said, But these are written that you may believe uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So that was all about the promise. Now move on to the second part of this message from um, verses uh, 5 and 6 of 2 Samuel chapter 9. Uh, let's review poor old Mephibosheth's life. Born a prince, raised in a palace, made a cripple, staying at someone else's home as their guest and living in a town called Nothing. Now Mephibosheth's expectation of meeting David one day well, he lived in dread of ever doing that. He hoped he would never meet David because it's the policy and the natural 
uh, course of things in the ancient world, even in the modern world, for kings to remove, destroy, wipe out the whole family of the king that preceded them. That was typical of the uh, the northern tribe of Israel uh, after the, the kingdom split. Virtually every time uh, the king was killed, uh, the one who did the killing uh, killed all the family. None was left. That even happens today in some Asian countries. Or if they're not killed, they're put into prison of some trumped-up charge or they're basically got rid of so they can never, ever take the throne again. That's what Mephibosheth is thinking. If I ever get to meet David, he's going to kill me. But Mephibosheth did not know or realise the covenant David had made between himself and Jonathan. If he had it, he wouldn't have spent his life in dread of that knock on the door. I want to share with you a lovely story out of a novel, uh, an English historical novel called Hair Be Dragons. Story of a little girl living out in the village, uh, near a village, in the in the woods with a mother. Uh, just the two of them, no one else. And the mother had always told her that uh, the little girl's father was a terrible, horrible, wicked, evil man. One day, the mother received news that the benefactor who provided for them had died. And in a drunken stupor, she, she kills herself, leaving this poor little girl all alone, uh, in the woods. The people of the village realise what's happened and they rescue her and a knight is sent for to take her to meet her father who will surely look after her. The worst thing possible could have happened to this little girl was that she would meet her father all her life. She only wanted one thing. It never came. That Every year or twice a year a, a cart would arrive with all kinds of uh, grocery items, flour, and live beasts, uh, a cow, a sheep, a pig, uh, goose and ducks and birds, fowls, and so on, but never the puppy she longed for. But now she has been taken to meet her father. And the knight and his, his retinue took her along the English country roads, uh, over the English Channel, up this long river, and every night they would stay at a castle or a, uh, a baronet's home or something like that. And next morning they would move on. One night they came to this particular uh, castle and, and uh, the prince in charge seemed to take an extra uh, kind view of this little girl and told her that there was a special dinner that night just for her. When she arrived at the dinner, it was certainly it was a banquet. There were lots of people there, all beautifully dressed, and uh, it was a wonderful occasion. And in the middle of the feast, eating food she'd never seen before, the man in charge presented her, would you believe it, a puppy. She was thrilled. Her life was completed, even though her mother had died, except the dread of meeting her father. The next morning when she looked out of the window, there was the knight who'd brought her, saddling his horse, and the people who'd come with him as well. So she, she runs and hides. She hides in a closet. And, uh, and it's several hours before someone finds her and brings her to the man of the castle. Whereupon she begs him and sobbing and screaming and pleading, please don't take me. Please don't let them take me to my father. And of course, the man says to her, I am your father. Turns out he was... Uh, uh, going to be 
King John of England, the man who signed the Magna Carta. It's a lovely story about uh, the little girl grows up to be a, a princess and marries the, uh, the Prince of Wales, a, a Welsh king-to-be. Very much like the situation we find ourselves here. Mephibosheth was in dread of ever meeting David. And like this little girl, many people today live in dread of meeting their heavenly father, God Almighty, because they see God as a judge, one who is uh, going to call them to account for their wayward lives. Everything they've done wrong, he'll, he'll list it. Uh, but like Mephibosheth, they don't realise that the covenant or the promise or the testament of grace has been formed by God Almighty through his son Jesus. And we're all eligible to that promise. Back to Mephibosheth, he must have trembled and been ooh, very resentful towards this one who was now his king. And the world needs to see the identity of God's son and the gift of God that awaits them. That was the second part of this message. The promise is confirmed. Now, and finally, the final part from verses 7 through 13 of 2 Samuel 9, the promise is explained. Wonderful, gracious words that David says to Mephibosheth when he's finally brought before him. The soldiers have found him. They brought him to David. And David says to him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mephibosheth. No one's going to harm you. I made a covenant with your father, Jonathan, that whatever happened to one of us, the other one would take care and preserve his family. And I'm going to look after you. I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, David. Your father, Jonathan, says David. Kindness because of the promise with Jonathan. He says, I'm giving you all the land of your father, your grandfather, Saul. Everything he owned and possessed is now belongs to you. You're going to eat at my table every day for the rest of your life. And this steward, Zeba, he's going to be your servant. His sons, uh, all 15 of them, and, and his 20 servants are going to be your servants and take care of you and your family. Wow. Mephibosheth, I'm raising you to a seat of honour and grace. You'll be taken care of by me for the rest of your life. The wonderful thing about God's covenant of grace is it's all about blessing the one who believes. It's just a matter of believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as the one who died for us on that cross, who rose from the dead and gives us life forever. Starting right now, a relationship with God, reconciled, forgiven, sanctified, made righteous, and the promise of eternal life. It's all just because we believe in Jesus Christ. And Mephibosheth gets all these things just because his father made a promise with the one who is going to become king. We are blessed with an even greater king than David, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life so that we might have eternal life. We might eat at the king's table. You might remember what the father in the prodigal son story said to the eldest son. My son, I am always with you. You are always with me and everything I have is yours to share. Our Father in heaven offers us a place at his table for the rest of our life. 
Our life will change. Our life will never be the same again. It's all because of what God has done. Redeeming grace is like this. We're crossed off the list of unforgiven sinners. We're adopted as a son or daughter of God. We're given new life in Christ. We're sealed with and filled with God's Holy Spirit. And we're given a reserved home in heaven. This passage I've read today from 2 Samuel uh, chapter 9 and verses 1 through 13 ends with these words. It's quite beautiful. So the Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Zeba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. This man was born a prince. He was crippled. He spent his growing up years in misery and fear. And now, for the third time, it says, he's going to eat always at the king's table. God has a promise for you and for your loved ones by simply believing in his son, Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you today and always. Amen.